From the Financial Times in London, I'm Neil Buckley and this is FT News. Political divisions within Poland have spilled over onto the European stage with a clash over Donald Tusk's reappointment as president of the European Council. Poland's ruling Law and Justice Party mounted an unsuccessful campaign against his reappointment and has now asked prosecutors to investigate Mr Tusk's handling of the aftermath of the 2010 Smolensk air crash. What does the Polish government have against Mr Tusk? And how will the row affect Poland's already difficult relationship with the European Union? With me on the line to discuss this is Henry Foy in Moscow, our former Warsaw correspondent who's been following recent developments closely, and Duncan Robinson, our Brussels correspondent. First, Henry, why did Poland's governing party decide not to support Tusk's second term as president of the European Council and put forward its own alternative? Well, there were, of course, two sides to this story. The official argument that Warsaw put across was that they didn't think Donald Tusk was representing Polish interests enough and therefore didn't deserve to be their candidate. They said that he'd supported the opposition in Poland. They accused him of supporting a potential coup against the democratically elected government and also of driving this anti-Polish feeling they feel is percolating around Brussels at the moment through things such as the European Commission's investigation into whether the Polish government has broken uh, rules that govern democracy and rule of law. Of course, there's also charges, they say, that could be levied against him and now have come to pass with regards to his handling of the uh, Smolensk crash, as you mentioned, when he was Prime Minister of Poland, and also a potential financial scandal that happened during his time. But of course, the real reason behind this is the deep, deep personal hatred that lies within Jarosław Kaczynski, the current leader of the ruling Law and Justice Party in Poland, towards Mr. Tusk. This is decades-long animosity. Mr. Tusk and Mr. Kaczynski were constant rivals throughout most of the 2000s. Mr. Tusk won many of those challenges and stayed in power for seven years as prime minister, but has really been succeeded by Mr. Kaczynski as the most powerful man in Poland. Now, of course, Mr. Kaczynski's job now, he sees, is to undermine Mr. Tusk as much as possible, to paint him as a non-Polish candidate, to ruin any potential future career in politics Mr. Tusk may have in Poland when he returns. Duncan, you were in Brussels during the summit. What were the reactions of other member states to what was really an unprecedented decision by a member state not to support a candidate from their own country? Well, their failure to support Mr Tusk had been expected. Everybody in Brussels knows that there's a lot of domestic baggage and there were a few people even had sympathy with the idea of the European Council president being selected against the will of his own member state. But most around the table thought the polls were, to put it bluntly, just having a tantrum. And so whenever this happens, leaders are very, very quick to bring up the point that the EU hands Poland vast sums of money from funds. In total, Poland's expected to get about 100 billion euros between 2014 and 2020, which is more than any other country. And it was raised again on the night, in particular by the French president, Francois Hollande, And it was this comment that really annoyed the Polish Prime Minister. And in her press conference afterwards, she said, I will not accept blackmail from a president with an approval rating of 4% who is about to leave his office. And so this has sort of compounded Warsaw's current reputation in Brussels at the moment of basically being the EU's bad boy. 
especially with Britain set for the door. And so while Britain's always been an awkward member, Poland used to be uh, a poster child. It grew quickly post-membership with big helping hands from EU funds. But in recent years, it's lost that halo. And so there's an increasingly grumpy relationship on things such as sharing out refugees and concerns about the rule of law, which are both still rumbling on. And so things in Brussels are going to stay pretty tense when it comes to the relationship between Warsaw and the EU. We'll come back to that continuing relationship in a moment. But turning back to Henry, Poland's defence minister asked prosecutors to investigate Mr Tusk's handling of the Smolensk crash, which we mentioned earlier. Why is this still such a burning issue seven years later? As you mentioned, it really is a very personal feud between Mr Kaczynski and Mr Tusk. That's correct. On that day in April 2010, the plane came down and killed President Lech Kaczynski and his wife and about 95 other members of high-ranking Polish society, so the central bank governor and, and army and military heads. Jarosław Kaczynski was very, very close to his brother Lech. They were twins, they did everything together, they supported each other through politics, and it was a real telling blow to, to Mr Kaczynski to lose his brother. There has been a number of statements since then trying to apportion some form of blame on Mr Tusk. They vary between moral responsibility, some people have gone as far as to say negligence on behalf of the government, and Mr Maturevich, the defence minister, as you mentioned, has gone as far as to claim that Mr Tusk took steps that, that actively ensured or helped that the crash and caused it. Now, where these charges go, we have to wait and see, and it's difficult to look too far ahead. But I think it is important to see this as something of a watershed moment. I mean, I do think that attacks on Mr Tusk will continue and only get more and more strong from Warsaw over the next few years as Mr Tusk stays in office. The real intention here is to paint him as an anti-Polish politician. Soon after the vote, it was made clear out of Warsaw that Mr Tusk was Angela Merkel's candidate. He was a German candidate, not a Polish one. This is all about undermining Tusk ahead of a possible run for the presidency in 2020 in Poland. Mr Tusk has not declared any intention to run, but the feeling in Poland is that the only man who could really come back and unseat Mr Kaczynski, if you like, would be Mr Tusk at running again. So you will see, I think, a lot more accusations like this, a lot more ramping up of the rhetoric. And the decision of the EU to essentially ignore Poland's opposition to Mr Tusk, to vote 27 to 1 against and to overrule Poland's choice and to appoint Mr Tusk against their wishes, is seen in Warsaw as carte blanche for them to continue their attacks on the EU. This is exactly what they want to say to their voters. Look, the EU does not listen to us. Look, Mr Tusk does not stand for you. Law and justice is the party that stands for your interests, and law and justice will continue to fight for them. So no, I don't think you'll see any let up, and I think Smolensk and also other scandals that uh, law and justice want to drag up will continue to be pushed by Warsaw in an attempt to undermine Mr Tusk. So finally, back to Duncan then. How is all this going to affect Poland's continuing relations with the EU and its ability to influence decision-making in Brussels? going to leave Poland even more isolated than it already was before. So Europe is an interesting point at the moment. With Britain heading out the door, it's going to look be a lot more Eurozone heavy. And that, that puts Poland in, in a quite awkward position, being the largest non-Euro member. But it's not just in terms of finance that it's going to be left behind. There's all sorts of policy areas where Warsaw's got pretty fundamental disagreements with Brussels. Um, there's areas such as digital policy where it's trying to take a very, very liberal tone. Also, the issue of multi-speed Europe, how quickly parts of the bloc can integrate. It doesn't want to be left behind, but that seems to be increasingly likely just because there's such diplomatic bad blood at the moment. OK, something tells me this is going to be a fascinating clash to continue to watch. Thanks to Henry and Duncan. 
This has been FT News, and for more on this story and other world news, go to ft.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.